Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Song, bro. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome in to episode number 66 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host Jesse Taylor and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You should know our social medias by now, but if you need to find us, just search at Babes on Broad on every single platform. And then into the fun stuff. The Eagles didn't get the win on paper or on anything really, but they didn't get absolutely blown out by the Chiefs. So I'm going to call their 42-30 to 30 loss to Kansas City not absolutely terrible, um, but a cool thing to come out of it was Kansas City's win in Philly this weekend was Andy Reid's 100th win with Kansas City. So it made him the first ever NFL coach to win 100 games with two different franchises. So that pulls at your heartstrings because it's big red. So that was a cool thing to come out of this weekend. But other than that, the offense improved. You like to you see that. You're being so nice. <laughs> You're being so nice about it and so calm. I, you know, so what I really focused on are you, is your main target today the offense? No, I have just my no, I no. Okay, I was gonna say we switched them because mm-hmm. I'm mostly mad with the defense after that win or loss. Do you see why I was so mad a week ago? Yes, yes, I do. Uh. Yes, I will admit. In that game, I still think it was mostly offensive problems or like well, offense was, that led to defense. Certainly offensive problems. There weren't but, not problems. Yes. It was so, just what I I was telling you what I that week was what I personally had more frustration with. But the the problem with this is we were just talking about it before we came on air. It's the same crap over and over again. The offense that some of the issues that they had against Dallas were improved mm-hmm. but the offense as a whole th- they still have a lot of problems and it's not the prop I don't I said this last week and I still feel the same exact way I can make my peace with quote-unquote rookie mistakes because Jalen Hurts is essentially yeah. a rookie right like it's a whole different kind of dynamic than it was when he was playing last year. Young receivers, like there are things there that I can make my peace with not super clicking in week three, three, four of the oh, NFL yeah. season. There are things that I'm like, okay, we're figuring it out. We're working it out. But then there are other things that I have enormous problems with, with the offense, like six touchdowns that should have been, that were not. 
One of them is a missed throw from Jalen Hurts, missing Zach Ertz. Now, I will say, that was like his one miss of the day. When yeah. you throw the ball 50 times and you really only like miss egregiously once. So that was an issue. Um, there were two other balls that hit receivers directly in the hands. And while I understand that if you want to, if you want to get super, be that person and be like, oh, well, it could have been a better ball. Okay. Well, if it hits an NFL wide receiver or an NFL tight end directly in the hands, like you saw Zach Ertz walk off the field right after that. Zach Ertz would be the first person to tell you that ball hit him in the hands. He should have come down with that ball. As a guy who has been in the NFL for 10 years, you better make that catch. He'll be the first person to tell you that. And it's true. Greg Ward, I feel the same way. Like, you are getting paid to catch the ball. If it hits you in the hands, come down with it. And then you have three separate penalties that bring back touchdowns. Like, so it's it's things like, you know, the illegal downfield. They had a bunch of those against the Cowboys. And that's a timing issue. Like, that's a screen game timing issue that should have been worked out in practice. That's a coaching issue. The pick play, that was crap. But then, like, Devontae Smith getting pushed out of bounds, like getting squeezed out of bounds, the same way Jalen Rager did two weeks ago. Why was that not a teaching point? Why why is that happening again? That should have been addressed immediately and made sure that never happens again with any of their receivers. That's a coaching issue. And it's things like that where I'm, the frustration is not this, like, young guys. Like, I have an issue with, I don't want to say NFL coaches that don't know how to coach, but like not using these opportunities as coaching things, points. things that if I can sit here from my chair in my <laughs> spare bedroom of my apartment and I can say, hey, that's a teaching point that probably should have been addressed in practice. I have no football coaching experience of any variety. Like Nick Sirianni should be able to handle that immediately well and it is so interesting because when you started bringing up penalties that's my number one problem with this team and it's not like how you said like okay there are some situations like we'll get into the run game and all that stuff that like it's just we see over and over and it doesn't really add up or make sense but there's quite literally no excuse for these penalties and it's not like it's just one game or two games back to back that something's happening and it's young guys, blah, blah, blah. Like you can't use that excuse. It's literally, they had nine penalties total in this game this weekend and 44 so far on the season in four games. That is unheard of. It actually is unheard of. They're on pace to be the most penalized team in one season in NFL history. And it's not the rookies. It's not young guys doing this. And that's what's so absurd to me is, like you said, it comes down to coaching. Like, how do you not, point out those flaws and be like, Hey, like, I don't know. Maybe do you think that because it's not rookies, they just like do kind of pass it over and be like, you know what you did wrong. You think that's a situation? Like it it literally doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. I think that could be it. I think maybe having a guy who has less NFL experience than half of the Eagles roster as the coach, it's a respect thing. And while it was, you know, they were initially excited to maybe have this guy who they can relate to, who has a lot of energy, was very exciting. When it comes to these kinds of scenarios, is he being taken seriously? 
that's a question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, the best example I can give is like when I was in college, I was teaching dance and there were a lot of times where I had some issues with the teenagers because they were not too much younger than I was. And the respect issue was mm-hmm. now it's obviously it's this, a different situation, but like, that's something that maybe kind of makes sense, but it just, I, I don't know what it is. And even just like the way that he, did you see his press conference where he said something like, oh, the language is a little, was a little bit more harsh when we talked about the penalties this week. Why did it take until now? Yeah. Why are we, why are, I feel like they're, it's, and again, I, I think that in some capacity, it goes back to sort of the fundamentals of the organization and how the organization runs completely. There's a lot of like tiptoeing and walking on eggshells when trying to handle these things. And I just think that like, that's not conducive to getting anywhere. You're, you're not going to get anywhere except do it's the same thing doing the same stuff over and over and over again, because clearly nothing's getting fixed. Whatever they're doing isn't working. Well, when, just because you were talking about Sirianni, my one question, we're going to go back over to the run game. Okay. What is, I saw, obviously, Twitter just blows up after every single Eagles loss. But Gainwell had three carries, 31 yards rushing, and then a touchdown. And then Sanders had seven carries, only 13 yards. So, and Gainwell also had, what, I have it right here, 58 yards um, receiving. So Gainwell did have a good game. But are you fearful at all for the fact that Sanders might, in Sirianni's eyes, not be as good as Gainwell? Or is it because he's not, quote, unquote, durable? I don't, not durable, but like the fact that he's receiving threat and rushing threat. Because that I saw something, and it's interesting to think because you're just like, there's to me in my eyes, there's quite literally no reason Sanders should not be getting every single carry and be our main back and also a receiving help. So I think that the first thing is he is not as reliable as Kenneth Gainwell coming out of the backfield in terms of receiving. His he's not as reliable and has shown that now you know, everything that was coming out of training camp this year was, oh, his hands look great. He's caught everything coming out of the back. That was like his thing to work on. Is it because that this is some, this is a position they don't really want to spend money on. And he has a year left on his day. Like he's a free agent in 2023. Is that something? Is it? Yeah, because it's just very interesting. Because to me, like, I understand Sanders' hands, like, before have been an issue and everything, but I just don't understand. I mean, props to Gainwell. Like, he's taking advantage of all the snaps yeah. he's getting, and, like, you can't take that from him. But it's just so interesting to me because I'm like, what are they seeing that we aren't? They just seem like they trust Gainwell so much more. But then also, like you said, all the reports come out that Sanders this, Sanders that, and it's all positive for the most part. It's either that he – just has more confidence in game well, or I hold firm back at the whole organizational thing. They're they're they the philosophically they only want to focus on being this like like just slinging the football left and right kind of organization. 
and don't want to run the ball. Like, because also what, think about like, let's, let's look at it this way. Week one to now. Why? Why would you look at what happened week one from Miles Sanders and then give him six carries over the last two games? That's like, what, what I'm saying. Like, it, does that make, or um, that's not, it's like 10 carries or something. But still, like, it's just, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And that, that's why I'm like, there has to be something here that we don't know about. And I, but I feel like, I don't know. Maybe Sirianni doesn't get along. Maybe. But I feel like we've said that for everything. Maybe there's something we don't know. And I, gen- very true. Gen- okay. I, think it's, I think what we don't know, it, they're just it's just stupidity. Yeah. I don't, You're not going to win football they're games. Trying to, they're trying to outsmart who you are. No. No. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs, for God's sakes. If you're going to look at a team that just wants to sling the football left and right, can sling the football left and right to literally anybody on the field, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They had like 125 yards rushing the other day. Still, like, you are not in the NFL. But that's what I'm saying. That's why it just like bamboozles me because like it's quite proven that like a balanced offense is the best way to go. Yes. And I just And it just doesn't make sense to me. But take us through your thoughts and takeaways, like your key points from this game. Um, Okay, so my biggest – I, my biggest issue is with the coaching staff right now. And again, while I understand that they are young coaches and I want to give some sort of credit, like I don't, I, what I loved in the first like couple weeks is I loved like going forward on fourth downs and trying to be creative here and there. Like, I love that, that I'm good with. I'm totally, totally, totally on board with that. But now it's starting to look like both Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon are like way in over their heads with the positions that they have. Um, more so Jonathan Gannon, the defense and co- so coaching is my number one issue right now. Mm-hmm. And the defense is my next biggest issue. I mean, all of the different looks that they were given the Atlanta Falcons in, in week one, it was so nice and refreshing to see something like that. And they played cover two the entire game on Sunday. And that's fine when you're trying not to get beat deep by Patrick Mahomes. But on a third and one, when you have two safeties playing eight to 10 yards off, what good does that do you? Like, have a clue for five seconds. Please have a clue for five seconds. Like, that makes absolutely no sense. This defense is terrible. Horrific. So bad. And Jonathan Gannon looks lost. So truthfully, I I mean, I have my issues with the penalties and everything, but my my biggest problem is the fact that the Eagles have allowed 40 plus points in back-to-back games. And they allowed 40 plus points one time in 86 games under Jim Schwartz. Jeez. Twice in back-to-back weeks in four games under Jonathan Gannon. I know everyone had their issues with Jim Schwartz. That's a telling fact. I didn't even know that one. Yep. Jeez. Two times in four games. Over 40 points allowed. It's not great. No. Not great. I'm, like, right on board with you. I mean, after this past week, I think I'm just kind of, ugh, because it's the same thing over and over. I think I'm kind of giving them leeway because they are a younger team and we're just right. trying to, like, 
have patience. And then also I had that big deficit in the score, like the big difference. So I think because it wasn't as bad as I was anticipating going in, I'm not like running around with my head cut off kind of thing after this game. But like we already mentioned, the penalties for me are absolutely frustrating because it's veterans a lot of the time that we're seeing causing these penalties. And it's just like, you had a great point. Is it a coaching thing? Like they, they're not getting the respect. They don't know where to, like, I don't understand what it comes down to, but it needs to change. Um, the coaching a hundred percent, even just one thing I noticed when looking back on the score is the Kansas city Chiefs scored 21 points and it was the same pattern throughout the whole game. First quarter scored seven, second quarter, 14, third quarter, seven, fourth quarters, 14. So like, it's just, I don't understand where the coaching, like you're going into halftime and it seems like there's almost no difference in your play. So that goes with your coaching thing is like, what are they doing to change anything? And it's really causing me to not so much, I guess, Sirianni, I guess I'm giving him more leadway, but Gannon a hundred percent. And especially after you tell me back-to-back weeks, 40 points and only one game for Jim Schwartz of a 40 point. What? Jeez, that really, really, really has me worried. What? And then then the defensive play this week. I know you said they were in cover two to prevent the second or help out the secondary and try to stop Pat Mahomes. And that goes back on coaching of if they're there all the time. But my biggest thing about that is their secondary quite literally, even we're getting help then if they're in cover two and couldn't stop Mahomes. And we're still blowing assignments left and right. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it's just – Defense as a whole right now is worrisome. I think also um, Gainwell hurts their performance last week, and Devontae Smith kind of gives us more hope in the offense. So I think they kind of got snuck away, slid through without getting too much heat this week. But, yeah, that defense and the coaching and the penalties are what really concern me moving forward. You couldn't ask for a better game out of Jalen Hurts. Not even just against the Kansas City Chiefs, like trying to keep up with their scoring. Anybody. You could not have asked for a better game out of Jalen Hurts especially after the abysmal game he played in Dallas. Like, yeah, that it was back performance. I was going to say, it's crap. a great bounce back. And the only thing, even watching that game, there were a few throws, like you said, like he missed. And, like, there were a couple that I just saw, and I was like, oh, should have been a better throw. But, like, that's literally getting nit- nitpicky with it. Right. So, like, other than that, like, he, it was a great comeback performance. You know how you eliminate having to nitpick at throws? Run Have the ball. Seen- Oh, I was going to say have receivers that make up for it. <laughs> no, run the ball and don't yes. throw 50 times. True Ugh. that. True that. Ugh. See, All that right, didn't even pop in my head because I don't even know what run the ball means anymore. Yeah, what does that even mean? No, I've never heard <laughs> that before. I don't know what that is. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look ahead to the Eagles matchup this week against the Carolina Panthers. You are listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into episode number 66. As Jess said, before we go to the or before we went to the break, the Eagles will head down to Carolina to take on the Panthers this week. The Panthers are three and one so far this season. And Jess, I'm not gonna lie to you. So I originally last week when we said Carolina, I was like a little iffy because I saw they were three and three and zero at that point and it like made me nervous. But then I saw it was against the Jets, the Saints, and then who was that third team? I don't remember oh. who was the third team. Houston. So oh, yeah, they're bad. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So when you break it down like that, they got beat last week, 36 to 28 to the Dallas Cowboys, which Dallas is good this year. Makes me sad to say that, but they are. Yep. And they held Dallas to three points in that fourth quarter and then put up 14 in an attempted comeback. So they're a tough team. They are for sure, but they're not as scary as I originally thought. Three and O sounds a lot scarier than, yeah, we beat the Jets and Houston. And yeah. the Saints even are were iffy. I mean, they did – it was the second week, so they were decent, better then than now. But it's still one of those things where I'm like, eh, they could have a shot. Last week I was like, I think they're going to lose the next couple. Um, going into this week, Lane Johnson most likely will still be out. He did return back to PA this week. He was out last week for a personal matter. So we'll see how that goes. Today, though, right? He wasn't there? They no. No, he wasn't there? No, he came back to Philly today. Gotcha. Like airport flew back, but I don't think he was at practice. And they're talking about it doesn't look like he'll play this week. Um, Jason Kelsey did not participate today in practice because of foot and rest, but he's expected to play this weekend. And then the rest of the guys were just limited, so they should be playing this weekend unless something huge happens. But the biggest injury news is that Christian McCaffrey comes back this week, which is not good for the Eagles. Jesus God, I just need Jordan Mailata to play. I know. I don't want to watch another week. He was practice. limited in practice today, so hopefully my lotta is good. Please, God, let him. The one benefit, though, I feel like it's always scary when somebody comes back because you're just like, eee, like especially a huge piece of their team like McCaffrey. But at the same time, you're like, it is his first game back. The Eagles aren't known for being great. So no. you got to wonder just how many times they're going to give the ball to McCaffrey. If I they're going to overload him, if he's truly 100%, or if they're just going to ease him back into it. Yeah, I mean, that that's going to be a, a big part of it. I, you know, we've seen the Eagles run defense is, is not not good. What, you know, has been over the last couple of years when their secondary has been really bad, the saving grace has been that their run defense has been so good, um, or at least way better than what it is right now. I don't know what yeah. it is right now. It doesn't exist. It's not there. It might as well not even be there. They need um, to make BG a coach this season. That's what they need to do. I once he went down, it went to poop. But also, well, so I will say, their run defense in the first game did not look good either. Even with BG in there, when they, like, Mike Davis was having his way with that. Yeah, now that you say In the beginning. He, they kept yeah. him out of the end zone, but I mean, he was he was running all over the place. And I remember sitting there thinking, this run defense is not not what you'd expect it to be for the salary and, that we're paying. Yeah, uh, I, 
And that's another thing. Like, how much we talked about this in one of our offseason episodes. How much money do they just continuously dump into the defensive line, completely ignore the fact that none of their linebackers are NFL players? And whatever it is that's going on in the secondary, just let that happen. I, I, I mean, the build of this defense is absolutely horrific. It's so bad. It's so yes. bad. They're, they're terrible. I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I've always been one to like, you know, say about Fletcher Cox, like sometimes the stats don't tell the whole story kind of thing. And I do think that that is true a lot of the time, but he has not been good. He had zero stats last week. He was invisible last week. He literally did not have one stat last week. Yes. That's crazy. I mean, and I love Fletcher. I also did. We all love Fletcher. Last week. Yeah. Like one of us was on the field and one of us was sitting in the stands. It's just crazy to me. When I heard that, I was like, how do you not have one stat? I love Fletch. I love him. too. But that's unacceptable. But my God, what is going on? I just, I I mean, between. And we know, obviously, Kansas City's good. We know that. Right. Fletcher Cox is supposed to be. Yeah. But Fletcher Cox is supposed to be one of the best in his position in the league. Like, that's unacceptable. Right. There there comes a point where, exactly that. There comes a point where it's, it's just unacceptable. Yeah. And we're at the point with what this defense is doing and the amount of money that they're making. And it's just unacceptable. Yeah. And I, I mean, even today you saw the Cowboys released or that, I guess that was last night. I was already asleep when that happened. Yeah. I got tired early. Um, <laughs> the, the Cowboys released Jalen Smith. And I immediately was like, Hey Eagles, let's pick up this linebacker. And everyone's like, oh, he's cooked. But that's have you seen our linebackers? Jess, I literally had the same. That's why um you said that on Twitter and Tyrone Johnson re, like commented back and I retweeted both of you because I was like, literally, like, I don't understand that argument because what are you gonna say? Like, how do you argue that that is not an obvious improvement in that position for this team? Any linebacker that is on any other NFL roster. Aside from Nate Gary, is better than what the Eagles have right now. And I'm not saying that some of these guys on the Eagles roster could not be serviceable linebackers that rotate in and out, but as a complete starting unit, no, not good. No. Not good. They do not value this position at all. The last good linebacker they had was Jordan Hicks, and they let him walk because they don't value the position and they're not going to put money into it. So it doesn't even matter what any of these younger guys turn out to be. Like, even if in the next two years, Davion Taylor becomes this like elite linebacker player, he'll be gone after that because the Eagles aren't going to pay him again. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's just, and we have so many questions and it's just so annoying because we say it over and over and over. And I annoy myself saying it, but like how, do you not see it as an organization? It's not like it's an experiment, like, oh, we don't need to invest in linebackers. How do you quite literally not see that you need to value it and, like, it's hurting your team that you don't have any big-name linebacker? Right. And at this point, it doesn't – everyone's like, oh, salary cap. The Cowboys are on the hook for that salary. The Cowboys have to pay 
that salary. You would get him here, let him play for free. Please. Please do something, literally anything. Do anything to help Jalen Hurts well, on the offensive And side speaking of-, of that, so there was another guy that got released, a cornerback, Stephon Gilmore, from the Patriots. They released him. And a great secondary or talent, great secondary talent. I can't speak today. And he's already been snatched up. Obviously, the Eagles, it would have been awesome. But it doesn't help that he was snatched up by Carolina. So we have to see him this week. So, yeah, I know. They ended up trading for him, which is such BS. But is he just a six round pick? What's he? Nothing, but... He was, he started the season on the pup list. So I don't know if he actually can play this week or not. Well, I thought he just, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw that he just came back they from that pup list. Because I don't, the, he's not eligible to return to game action until week seven. So he can be activated at a certain point and then, but he's oh, not eligible so to actually, a, like after a certain threshold, they either have to put him on the roster or put him on the IR or cut him. Okay. So it's like, it, it's like how it takes up s- spots in the roster and the 53 and the IR and the- So at least we won't have to see him then. That's no, we do not have to see Stefan. Because Gil- I was going to say- McCaffrey's enough. Yes. Well, going into my point for what I'm expecting this week. That makes me feel a lot better because Carolina's defense is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, their offense, obviously, they're three and one for a reason, even though it is against bad teams, whatever. Right. But they're three and one. Their offense is good. Like, I wouldn't say they're the best in the league, obviously, but they're yeah. definitely solid. And they have those key pieces, especially with McCaffrey coming back. Sam Darnold could hold his own, and he's got targets. He's got Robbie Anderson, too. So I think they definitely can hold their own and they'll be able to put up points. The defense is what makes me. I don't know if I want to say the most nervous because obviously, I mean Carolina's defense. It, I don't know if I want to say it makes me the no, most nervous because I do have some confidence in our the Eagles' offense. So I think yeah. it's just going to be a cool challenge for them because it is really going to show us how much progress that they've made so far. So I think that's going to be a cool challenge for them. The offense, the Carolina offense, makes me kind of – because now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, yeah, that's a solid offense. And as bad as our defense has been, they might be able to exploit it. So we'll, it'll also be a good show for our defense. But with that being said, I do think it's going to be a close game because obviously Carolina's not flawless by any means. Um, and I think the Eagles, one of these games, they're just going to get something clicking and going. And I think this offense – is going to be able to do something. So I originally had 21-20 Eagles, and I always do this once I say stuff out loud, I change it. So now I'm going to say 24-20 Eagles. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said, and I think that, you know, I, I'm hoping that the way that they lost last week maybe lights a little bit of a fire underneath them. All I'm really hoping for is that I don't have to be as angry about stupid things like penalties and dumb mistakes yes. left and right. Um you know, I think that Christian McCaffrey is is going to be a challenge for this defense as, you know, because he's such a threat in multiple ways and this defense can't block anything. Um, but I do think that, you know, the Eagles offense, if if they can convert some of those red zone opportunities, they're going to be, they can put up points with anybody. 
Yeah. They just have to, they just have to finish. So eventually those are going to come. I do think that they, I'm hopeful that they're going to win this week. My score is similar, but a little bit different than yours. I have 27, 21 Eagles. Oh, I like it. A little bit bigger gap. God, I hope. I hope. All right. That's our episode for this week. Thank you for listening to episode 66 of Babes on Broad. Thank you as always to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure you're following all of the socials. Subscribe to BGN Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Any platform, we are there. Make sure to leave a five-star rating, written review, the whole nine, and we will talk to you next week.